Welcome to The Vital Vagina, where we delve into brave and crucial conversations about the womb and feminine power. This podcast is not just for people with vaginas. We all come from the womb, and there is much for everyone to learn from this place of deep wisdom. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Cornelius. I'm a chiropractor and holistic pelvic care provider. I've been working in the feminine healing realm for nearly a decade, and I am honored to bring this work and these stories to light. Hello, Kathy. Welcome to the Vital Vagina Podcast. Uh, Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to have us talk to people about um, the women's circles that you and I have been a part of and how we met and um, just some of the wonderful things that are happening in your life and in your center. And I just would kind of like people to learn more about you. So um, if you could do me a favor and just give me a little bit of background as far as like what you do, who you are, what's going on and what kind of like actually led you to these women's circles that we met in. Well, <laughs> what you do, who you already has me hung up. I'm Kathy Carlisle. Well, you can say whatever feels good to you to say, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd like to skip right to the circles in the do it. I first started going to women's circles because they triggered me. <laughs> so I like <laughs> that's why I love you. <laughs> I <know. laughs> so I actually I was at tea with one of my friends um, quite a few years ago, and I clearly, when I go out in public, I talk to a lot of people, or I can make friends with anyone if they look intriguing. So I've learned to go towards people, things that either trigger me or light me up. Trigger me, meaning I've already judged them pretty harshly or separated from them in some way. And so Mm -hmm. the girlfriend that I was with um, said, Kathy, do not talk to anyone today. It's me and you. And I was like, great. Okay, cool. And so we go to a little uh, cafe in Portland and we're talking and I see these beautiful, curly haired, flowy women, right? And I was like, ooh. And she's like, don't even think about it. Well, <laughs> I go into the bathroom. When I come out, she's talking to them. I was like, what oh. the heck? <laughs> and she says, hey, this is uh, Shara and her friend at the time, Andrea. And um, they have some kind of women's circle, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> and looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm in. I was totally checking you guys out. I was told I wasn't allowed to talk to you today. And here's me talking to you. So here I am. So I said yes to the, the workshop, the women's circle, and had no clue what that meant. And I ended up showing up at the address and it was Somophile. So it was your And it was a workshop with Maria I love to describe it as, um, describe myself as I went in with the tightest bun mom do that you've never <laughs> seen me in. And I came out and probably haven't returned to that hairstyle with flowy hair down, you know, don't care, beautiful mane, you know, like, but I went into it, the best description or best, best picture I could give you is that I just had the tightest bun and I came out just letting it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a perfect metaphor. Like that's awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh, um, what was your experience at that workshop? Like, what did I mean to go from wearing a super tight bun to having long flowy locks? Um, yeah. What did that What did that feel like for you to to make that transition in a pretty short period of time? You know, I bet the best way I can describe where I was before I went to the workshop that my kids use this terminology is 
I was pretty fixed mindset. So I had gone through a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. I decided I didn't want to take drugs. And so that led me on this journey of feverishly finding someone or something to fix me. And as a result of it, you know, I said, people started to trigger me. Well, I'd go, you know, out to Starbucks and I'd be like, why is he so happy? Why is she so like patchouli, right? Like all these things that really got on my nerves. And as time would go on, I learned that it was actually attracting me. So I, I know now in hindsight that the women's circles were such a key component to my healing journey. I go with the mindset of, you know, every alarm in my body is based in an emotion. And so looking back on my journey, I had injured every major injury um, that I had ever had through my whole lifetime up to that point in my thirties was on the right side of my body, major injuries, sprained ankles. Mm. And I quite literally numbed up the left side of my body, which is the feminine for me. So Mm-hmm. pounded, you know, alarm after alarm on the right side, my masculine, and then I numb up my left side. And so each part of this healing journey for me has been waking up and shifting to a growth mindset within the feminine. And that's what those circles do for me. And that's what that first one opened me up to of, I'd never circled up with women. I'd only judged women. I'd only competed against women. I love my sisters. I love my friends, but we were all super surface. So here we are moving and, and, you know, gently caressing one another in these different exercises. Um, <laughs> that sounded really crazy just to jump into that. We don't just jump into <laughs> in circles, but. but we do learn a lot about sensuality. Amron and I talked about this on, on her episode and it's like it, we go into uh, the sensual nature and the feeling nature and the receptivity nature and learn about that. And so it's, and because people really uh, conflate sexuality and sensuality, it'll sound kind of weird, but that's, it's really, we're learning about sensuality and feeling. Which would be my whole journey, waking up my senses. Yeah. You know, I'd, numb, yeah. I'd quite literally numbed out my senses. Yeah. And so this has been a journey of waking it up and the most vibrant I feel and the most I come alive is within my women's circles. Yeah, you really took to it quickly. Like if I would if I wouldn't have known your story, it would surprise me that like you came in. I mean, I saw the tight bun for sure. And I, I noticed it because I was feeling kind of similar in that time where I was like, I'm working on my business. And I'm really in my masculine. And Shara called me up and was like, Hey, can we do this workshop at your place? And I was like, sure, totally, whatever, as long as I can get the workshop for free. So I'm like, I'll, I'll give him the space. I mean, and so it's not even anything I sought out. Just even being around Shara for me was that I, I reference this a lot with my daughter, anyone, you know, a little bit younger than me, anyone really that's willing to hear about it, but, um, or that's complaining about feeling like they have a big tummy. And I'm like, mm. you just have to hang out with belly dancers. And in my head, I'm thinking of Shara because she, yeah. it was like flowy that day. She had her belly out. There was, she just didn't care. She didn't care. She was feeling, she was being. And so I remember leaving each day just going, I want to show my belly. I wish I had a bigger belly. And, you know, it was like, <laughs> when had I ever, as a woman, ever wished for a bigger belly instead of that flat, hard ass tummy? Oh, I love that because it's true. Like women are supposed to have a little bit of a cushion there. You know, we have extra organs in there and it kind of pushes it out a little. We're not really meant to have those like flat, flat sure. abs that everyone pushes for so hard. It's really sad because like we're meant to have a little, like I like my little 
tummy. Well, I was keeping my journey. I didn't even know that was a possibility until I saw it. Yeah. Right? And so, and me too. Thing gets around me and I see it from my own eyes or create a possibility within my own mind. It just doesn't exist. That's what I really loved about Maria's workshop specifically because she's just like just being around her presence, you like automatically are like wanting to feel into your feminine field. And it's a, it really is about just being and feeling and like it's, it was really incredible to me how quickly we were able to get out of our heads and just into our bodies through those techniques. So cool. So could you tell me a little bit about, cause I know that after that, um, Maria, she's from Brazil, this woman that we're talking about, she's basically like a shaman. <laughs> um, and she would just come up to Portland randomly. And those of us who go to her workshops, it's not like you can find her online, really. Like, we just kind of got lucky. We were in the right time in the right place. And you you really, like, took what you learned from Maria and ran with it more than anyone else that I was witnessing at the time. And you've really developed a good relationship with her. And you've really kept the momentum of doing of circling up together around the new moon. So I would love to hear about your relationship with Maria and what that's done for you. And... Um, um, and then we'll go, we'll kind of go from there. Well, I often reference when people are looking for teachers, the guidance that I have to go on for myself is when you take to a certain language or let's say you want to get into astrology. You st- I, let's say I want to get into astrology or stones. Like I cannot remember or regurgitate any of the verbiage. Right. And so then I even I visited a friend, one of my elders in Hawaii, and she is just regurgitating these Hawaiian stories and healing name, like every name. Right. And I can't even remember the street we just passed. I can't say the verbiage. I can say the word, the dialect. And so I reference that because for my soul's reason, right, for whatever reason, when Maria talks, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) When Maria talks, I can regurgitate. And so that's how I know now in reference of when I'm looking for my next teacher, when I'm looking to learn from someone, if I can effortlessly remember and recite certain things that they said that at the first time that I heard them, I was like, what does that even mean? You know, I, I just trust in it now. But when Maria, uh, an example It's kind of a long example, but the one that I give the most and the one that people take to the most is when she started talking to us about personality traits, right? And how personality traits can follow the um, different planets. And so I was like, okay, she starts going into her example. So, okay, you've got all these planets in you. You typically live from one. And she starts describing each personality, planet personality, um, based on the Titanic going down reactions that each one would have. She recites them. And I was just like, how did she learn that? Right? Like, how will I ever know? Because each one that she said, I'm like, yep, I'm that, I'm that. And so when she was done with the teaching, I was like, oh, dang, I'm all of them. Like, Maria, tell me what I am. Maria, tell me what I am. And she's like, you'll know, you know, only you can know. I can't tell you what you are. And I'm like, just tell me what I am. (laughs) <laughs> and so the the planets were, and you can help me recite if I re, if I forget any. Each time I tell it, it's different. Um, so based on the Titanic going down, this is how each planet personality would react. The moon is like, hmm, I think I had a dream about this. Did I have a dream about this? 
<laughs> and then Mercury is like, bah, bah, bah. Danielle, the ship's going down. The ship's going down. Do you want to go find someone that can help us? Let's talk about it. When do you think it's going to go down? Are you scared? <laughs> um, Mars, flip over the table, knock off the legs, throw it out the window, save anyone around you. Don't think, just act. Mm-hmm. Jupiter, men over here, women and children go out over there. We're going to go out of there here at a, in an orderly fashion. Um, Saturn, someone get me the map. Someone get me the map. I will calculate when we're going down and what we should do. And Venus, hold on one second. I'm just going to go down and get a few of my finer things and change out of this outfit because I am not going down looking like this. And then the last one is the sun. The sun is like, ooh, this is the first time I've ever gone down in a ship. This is exciting. (laughs) Right. Like for me to be able to say that, I remember the first few times I looked at it and studied it. I was, you know, reading it from my book, any kind of learning modality. Right. I just, I just didn't get it at first. And now I can't help but tell people, I'm like, "Mm, do you daydream a lot? Do you fluctuate in weight? Oh, you seem pretty excited about life. Like, and I have all these references within my family. So one of my sons, clearly a son, he does not like to wear dull clothes he said one time, mom, if you ever made me wear all black, I might die. Um, <laughs> I've got a Mercury. My oldest is a Mercury and he talk, talk, talks with me. And so him being off at college right now, I really miss the Mercury conversational piece. Yeah. Um, Jelena, my daughter, she is Venus. And it's not Venus from the clothing or the physical aspect. It's Venus from an artistic aspect. She's got a Venus Mm. and a little bit of Saturn. So she can obsess about something really beautiful and like henna, right? She'll obsess and do the henna or um, playing the ukulele. She'll obsess and learn a new song and teach herself. So it's a little twist on Venus that I have learned about. My husband, without a doubt, Jupiter. You just, you get around him and you're like, something's wrong. Go to Jake or (laughs) Jake tell us what to do. Or I don't know. He just is very expansive, right? Both physically, he's very tall and takes up space. But even when he doesn't physically, he takes up space with who he is. So Mm. it's just a totally different new conversation that really makes me come alive because well, like Maria did for me in general is she created new possibilities. She gave me new things yeah. to think about. I love new and it was mm-hmm. relatable for me as a woman. There are things that I've never talked about her and things that I can pass on to my daughter and create conversation with her. So that's what I'm most grateful for. I love that. It just brought up two separate things for me that makes me curious. So when you talked about going from the first day of the workshop, when you had a tight bun in your hair to having flowy hair, that's really like what it brings up for me as an analogy is moving from a more masculine presence to more feminine, to integrating a lot more feminine. Um, how, what was, what, how has that integrated into your life? I dress differently. I smell differently. I speak differently. I walk differently, waking up the feminine, stepping into more flow in life period has opened me up to, I'd say beyond growth mindset, it's flow mindset. 
Yeah. You know, I really love to go with the flow. And you know, that doesn't mean I don't show up or I'm flaky. I'm, I'm very reliable. I show up to stuff. It's just that I don't fight life so much. You know, I've stopped pushing myself to be in a hurry all the time or trying to control everything. I've, I have that voice in me now that the feminine has awoken of calm down. This is happening for a reason. You're going to trust, you're going to fight it. Hmm. Yeah. Huge. And I bet that had ripple effects on your family life and work life and all of the things. Massive. All the things. You know, yeah. probably the most profound photo shoot I've ever had done. I did it and then threw some in my camera so that I could involve myself in it. And one of my friends <laughs> took my photos and it's the perfect, you know, physical description of me in that tight bun. I had a tight ponytail in the shoot and I was channeling how I felt in those early years and and the words I could put to it that I related to was frustrated mom. I just was frustrated all the time, you know? Mm. And in the other pictures, I'm like dancing, free flowing. And I'm both of those women still to this day, I choose to cultivate one more than the other. It's really natural and easy for me to go into the masculine and compete. And let's say the healthy versions of masculine, I love to play in, but I can get into Mm -hmm. ones as well. Um, but there's just a balance now, you know, there's, there's both now that I can tap into. And it, it takes a little more work on my part to cultivate the feminine since she's been sleeping for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing that it brought up for me was I had a memory of, so you were talking about your daughter and then women circling and we, um, you put together a circle for your daughter when she went through her change. Yeah. So when she's first got her mens- started menstruating, you gathered a lot of women together to support that. And it was, and I think now there's like period parties and stuff, but I don't, I don't know if it was really popular or if it maybe just is starting to, we're starting to really honor these transitions. So can you talk a little bit more about if you're open to, and she would be about the, about that whole experience. Favorite times. Yes. Um, I feel like many of the examples that you might see, social media, internet, whatever you see of a period party, not all, but some that you might run into are from an external, I call it external compass place, mm. celebratory. You're inviting their friends. They're on the stage a spotlight. And what I was more curious about was that feeling of inviting her into something sacred, the womanhood. And so I asked her if she was open to having some of my most special treasured women in my life circle up with her to celebrate her. And so she didn't actually have anyone, nor did she invite anyone. It was like my naturopath girlfriend. It was my soul sisters. It was, I mean, all the people that she's seen me admire and work with, I wanted her to be seen by them and celebrated by them. And so they all brought special gifts like, you know, uh, the younger version of the goddess cards and a book and her own smudge kit and um, what else? Just things that they knew would help her step into womanhood more confidently. And then we got to, she wanted to give us a gift where she played us a ukulele song that she made mm-hmm. photos so that she'd remember everyone took a, a picture of themselves or I took a picture of them with her, you know, we put you and her picture in there and then you wrote a note to her. Right. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's people that if she ever had a question about who she is or that internal compass and her inner wisdom, these are the women I want her to remember she can tap into. Mm, 
So it was really special. And, and even more so that when she woke up in the morning, I have a whole slideshow put together and we go back and I cry every time I look at it because even the boys were so engaged. You know, they all gave her a special gift in the morning for her before I went out there. And I got her hugging her dad, who's just super, super proud of her for being who she is. So yeah, very different entrance into having your first period than I ever experienced for sure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I think it, I think that might have been even more profound for all the adult women that were there than maybe yeah. even her because it was pretty in, like intense isn't really the right word, but I do remember each one of us feeling a lot of emotion. <laughs> well, and every, I think just about everyone made a comment that it was for them. It just feels like yeah. for me, you know, they all have that sense. And that's what women's circles is all about. That when you create that sacred space with women, it becomes your very special space for you to unfold. And so creating that space as a group for Jelena, we found that we were most excited about it. I mean, there's one picture of me and we're all dancing together. I think we did one song to dance together, just a move, right? I think Shara was be- showing her how to belly dance, which mind you was Jelena's favorite part. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, I would have been mine too. <laughs> right. So we're dancing and in the picture, I am just exploding with joy. You'd think it was all my day because I'm in the background just like giddy. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, well, you've taken this uh, circle idea and really run with it. And so now we gather every new moon um, with women who've either been to these workshops or are just kind of in that energy anyway. Um, what has that been like for you to continue that? Um, tradition, I guess. You know, every time I circle up and I do one movement or I get three songs in to dance that night, I always have that moment of, it's getting less and less the more in tune I get with it. But the moment of like, why don't I do this at home? Why don't I remember to do this? And so I've softened up on it a bit to just trust that Maybe even in village life, I'd be going and going. I'd be gathering and gathering and gathering. And it would take the new moon or my cycle to say, take a breath, Mm -hmm. fuel up. So I I think every time I get in the circle, I realize how depleted my fuel tank is. And the only place that it can be filled is circling up with women. Mm. Yeah, it's like that's supposed to be the wisdom of the menstrual cycle is to tell us that now's the time to release and rejuvenate and refill ourselves. But we've, we've really learned in our culture, where we've really only valued the masculine side of things to just skip right over that part. Um, And so yeah, to me, having a new moon ritual, which coincides with the first day of a period is is very powerful way to ground that in because I'm the same way I'll keep going and going and going. Um, Because that's where you get rewards in life. (laughs) And then um, I've had times where I'm like, oh, I think I might be too tired to go to the new moon. And if if I make myself actually go, I'm always so grateful because how how we refill, it just, it's so helpful. And then, you know, we were doing it very regularly for a while. And then we had to take a break because life and we've kind of started up again. And I've really noticed like, wow, I miss that a lot, like a lot. And it was absolutely absolutely necessary for me to, to sustain, um, in the long term in the kind of work that I want to do. Yeah. You know, I, I do a lot of events personally. And if I put any energy towards the new moon circle of wanting anyone else there, if I tune into anything other than this is for me, 
then expectations come in. I have disappointment. I have frustration that someone didn't show up. And so I just committed to showing up for me that I know every time I circle up, even if there's only one other person, or even if it's me setting the attention, it's just me here. That's me being reliable to myself and accountable for myself that I'm going to show up. And so I've committed to the new moon. I tap into Maria beforehand to see if she has any insight or exercises to bring to the circle. I put on a playlist that she made over her work over the years of being in her workshops. And I kind of just let her spirit DJ. Like we just, we just roll <laughs> yeah. whatever music comes up and, and start moving. Mm, I love it. It's so juicy. Oh. Oh. Um, what else has you fired up right now? <laughs> Man, I get fired up about all sorts of stuff. You just give me a topic and I'll twist it into I know. for sure. <laughs> um, you know, self-care is a huge buzzword. Okay, what has me fired up was this morning I was at UPS store, USPS, and yeah. on the wall it says um, chakra yoga. And my friend and I have been sending back pictures of everywhere that we see the word chakra or self-care just because they're popping up really big in mainstream right now. And um, so I'm at the store and I see all these pamphlets and it doesn't dawn on me that they're using them to show what they can print. I just tuned in. I was like, Ooh, uh, you know, advertisement, who's doing the chakra yoga? And they're like, um, that's just to show you what we can print. And I was like, man, out of all the, the examples business wise that they could have chosen, they chose chakra yoga. (laughs) so it has me fired up that these kind of words um chakra spirituality self-care are getting more and more mainstream but it it also because it gives me encouragement right that we're we're safe to unfold these days we're we're more safe than ever and there's also a reminder every once in a while of like this is a big deal to go inside right? Self-care to me is to go inside. And that used to be a pretty big threat a couple lifetimes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When you're saying that, it makes me think you've mentioned to me a a lot in the past how, you know, before you kind of found these types of workshops, well, probably even before, before you really found the feminine work, but just the healing journey that you've been on has pulled you a little bit out of the mainstream, but that most of your life before that had been really embedded into the mainstream. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like for you? And what does it look like from your vantage point of kind of being one foot in one world and one foot in the other? Well, I tend to play in polarities and it's for my personal journey to keep going into the middle, the gray, the, you know, halfway point, whatever anyone calls it. Um, I, I love to call my version of myself zombie when I, you know, there was no growth and I was really closed off. You know, I grew up in Alaska, very comfortable in my labels. I'm Republic, I'm Catholic. I'm Republican. I'm number six to seven. This is what we believe. Um, and my journey of waking up kind of had me checking in with what do I personally believe? What personally makes me come alive? Um, Mm. And asking really important questions. And some things I, you know, I totally still believe in that my family believes like love and community. Mm -hmm. And I just don't practice some of the other strong labels that I, that kind of killed my curiosity when I was young. So 
I really was just strong at labeling everyone and everything that wasn't like me. And that creates a lot of biases and doesn't allow me to grow a whole lot. And so I'm constantly checking in with myself. In fact, I was just doing an exercise. My husband and I are doing our first couples workshop. And one of the exercises within it, you know, we have to do the exercise because this workshop's for us. And one of them was on values. And I've done a lot of values um, I don't know, exercises over the years. And this one had me tuning in once again to another massive list. I come up with, you know, five to 10 things that I think are my values. And I was reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, her newest book, while we were in the car together. I'm reading it to Jake and we come across another values list. And I was like, man, and helping him find his values, we really fine tuned down to the two most important values. It had me thinking about mine. And I believe to this day, until I find another list and something else comes in, but right now, what I'm most passionate about, what my biggest purposes are all around, are around vulnerability and self-awareness. And Mm -hmm. so me waking up, me getting such an extreme diagnosis was an invitation to go inside and start to discover what self-awareness really is. You know, I self-reflect, I go inside what's mine, what's someone else's I'm feeling, you know, I stopped feeling quite literally physically, you know, numbing up parts of my body. Um, that translates to I'm numbing up on the inside. You know, I'm lacking that alive feeling the, you know, the edge of fear that's right before you learn something or, you know, I just avoided all that because I was in such a comfort level. Mm. Mm. Yeah, comfort. <laughs> that can be a difficult one to to let go of sometimes. I'll be on the journey forever than this lifetime. You know, I, I know what comfort feels like and I'm grateful for that. Right. Not everybody yeah. even has the level of comfort that I have been blessed yeah. with, entitled, yeah. right? Like it's totally yeah. entitled that I I am able to have stability and safety to go on any kind of journey within. Not everybody has that. So it'll be for this lifetime for me to continue to unlearn and learn new things because I already know what the other way feels like to not learn new things and to be set in my ways. That reminds me of uh, the center that you've just created um, that you've been talking about for a long time and now it's birthed and it's here. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Live everything mindful. Yeah. It's, you know, a week before we had to make a monument sign outside this space, um, I panicked because I was like, what can I call it that people are going to stay curious about and yet doesn't scream healing center as I knew healing center, which meant I would have a bunch of providers, which are so necessary. Those models are so necessary. It just wasn't what I was looking to create. Yeah. So I called it the self-care center. And I was like, is it a self-care center? And, you know, months later now of, of opening up, I'm like, oh, it's a self-care center. Like I go <laughs> now, right? Like I go to my acupuncturist, I go to my chiropractor. I work with all these incredible healers they give me insight and then I come to the center and I go inside to find my answers. I go inside, I write down the different things that are common denominator of all the things that people are saying, right? Like, Oh, you've got a little, 
uh, let's say a hook in your root chakra. You don't feel like you're safe there, right? Like there's a common something that comes up in all my healing sessions with anyone that I can bring back to the center and go, okay, Kath, dig in, be a detective. What do you see? What do you, what's your body trying to get message to you about, you know, what can you work on? So the physical center, my daughter probably says it best that my husband and I are in the same building. He has a mortgage company and I have the live everything mindful self-care center. <laughs> and she said, when people come in, she's going to sit at the front desk and she's going to say, are you looking for a physical home? or like an inside home, you know, <laughs> a physical home or a spiritual home. <laughs> so I was like, that's it. That's it. We both help each other find a home. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it kind of speaks back to the whole, like being like how a lot of this uh, healing work is really seeping into the mainstream to have a center like yours inside of a mortgage company is pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, I hope. I hope self-care centers are on every corner like a Starbucks. That was the dream when I first started that. Yeah. You know, and and that makes sense to me and that every woman or man, but I'll specifically speak to women for me, has a sacred space in her home. So maybe they are literally on every corner because a self-care center is home. You know, it's there's a lot of some things and I bring a lot of some ones in here to give inspiration. So there are things to play with, but ultimately it's trying to get someone to go inside where you don't need a lot of things, anything really to sit with yourself, to ask new questions, to get into inquiry. So we've got a lot of rooms that you could sit in and play with different things that I love about a spiritual journey. Um, but what it comes back around to is, you know, being exposed to new ideas and creating new thought and co-creating with the, the universe and your loved ones. And I really was most passionate about building it because I wanted to grow together with my family, not apart. And I could feel that pull in my personal story of just uprooting, running off and recreating that, mm. you know, like, here's my roots. You guys don't understand. I'm changing and you're not seeing me. That kind of feeling was coming in. And so I was really passionate about finding another possibility because uprooting, renaming yourself, all of that is very brave. It just wasn't a journey that I wanted to take. I wanted to know that I could stay in the roots of my family and create this new, more whole version of myself. And so that's what the center aids me in doing. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to people um, on how to create something similar for themselves in their own home? Create space for yourself whether that's metaphorical, whether that starts with meditation and something more inside. I think, you know, with uh, the Marie Kondo awesomeness going on right now, the craze, <laughs> mm -hmm. I truly believe you can't physically change energy around you through, you know, organization without changing the inside and, and vice versa is true as well. So you, you can shake things up from the inside and watch things around you physically change, or you can change things physically around you and watch your inside change. And so I love yeah. the dance between the two. Mm, me too. It's um, anytime I feel really stuck, even if I have a ton of things to do, like I'll just reorganize something in my house. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm better. <laughs> you know, my, my college kiddo called the other night, Trey, and he was like, 
you know, he's struggling. He's, he's working with his first F with his first online course. He's never taken an online course. So he's realizing he's not really reliable to like check in and do the work if there's no teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. So there's that going on. And then basketball's rough. And he had um, gotten kicked in the balls. And so his Aww. balls were swollen. And so I was working with him around masculinity and, and he's seen all these versions of what quote unquote men are. And they're not examples that he would subscribe to, you know, he's different. He's a feminist young man and he's all about women empowerment and he's all about kindness. And so it looks a little bit different than the kids at college that he's playing with right now in basketball. So we're working with his testicle message. He's, (laughs) he's, overwhelmed his roommate you know plays a lot of video games and remember he's my mercury so he likes to talk and so it's hard to make friends at a community college he says because you know everyone goes to class and they're gone or they're online doing stuff so he calls the other night and he's just struggling and I've never heard him really struggle so I'm listening and trying to empower him I think I did a pretty great job with Jake's support Mm -hmm. um uh, and at one point he says I think I just need some more self-care and I'm like, what? Oh. what look like he's like, I don't know. I think I just need to color. I need a coloring book or like something to help distress and maybe a meditation, maybe some new oils. Like he throws all these things out that I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> so I'm super excited and, and happy. And then the minute I hang up, I was like immediate bawling kind of tears. I was just like, like, oh. I wasn't ready for him to struggle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we went to his apartment last night. We were just passing through town. He's going to school, um, you know, 30 minutes or hour from here. And so we were going through town from a trip we took. And I said, hey, buddy, do you want us to come by and give you a hug? Shake up some energy. And so we went in last night really late and he was just so excited. I get in there and there's just a hot mess on his floor. Like it's just yucky dude apartment and they are really good at cleaning and so then I go into his bedroom there's clothes on the floor he's like don't worry they're clean I was like oh they're not folded okay so to reference what we were just talking about I was like but I'm going to help you shake things up physically to see if it can help continue to shake you up inside and and continue to give you energy for self-care and so we real quick did a vacuum we went and folded his clothes clothes really quick and um, Jake was playing with him. We were playing ping pong and he did a little bit more. They were both helping me vacuum, like to knock it out really fast. Right. <laughs> and uh, so we left and he was just like, thank you so much, mom and dad. Like it was just, you could, I could feel the support he was getting. And we dropped off some coloring books. I got him some more stuff for self-care, but to know, you know, a college student is starting to look at that aspect of like, whoa, I'm overwhelmed. And I said, bud, when you get overwhelmed to that level of pressure inside your head of things and things you can't control or things you think you failed on or whatever, your physical environment will start to reflect it. And then it also affects you. So sometimes you can change the physical environment, clean it up to see if you can shake something up. But when it's in that state and you're also in that overwhelmed emotional state, it's like you can't handle all those really hard things that are happening. You can't handle the pressure because your physical environment is not sacred space right now. Mm, Yeah, it's very true. So working with him, it just, you know, reiterated to myself how much they both affect each other, both inside and outside and that balance of the two, which 
yeah. is my journey. Masculine, feminine, right? Polarities inside in internal compass, external compass. I, I love to practice finding my way into the middle of both those worlds. I love that. And it just, it really warms my heart to think about like how you just have had this journey into healing from the inside out. And that's really um, cascaded through uh, your family and how beautiful that is. Absolutely. And it, it really goes to show like how these little things that we kind of dismiss are actually the key to f helping us find more balance. I pulled a card it's sitting right in front of me today um, that just says hope is stronger than fear. And normally I just be like, oh yeah, no, totally. But <laughs> what I found just in this week for me is in reference to what you just said about instilling it in my family is I used to pass on a lot of fear as a mom yeah, and as a woman, right? I was fearful of a lot of things. So I always just give my kids a reference of which, how do they feel different, right? Because fear is going to be there. Hope's going to be there. They do feel different, right? So to the feelings more than anything. And that to me is that internal compass practice of, well, you can do either. You can numb up or you can do it this way, tap into how they feel and be a detective. And then you can choose which one is appropriate for you at, at different times. Mm. So empowering. Yeah. Good lesson for young people, especially. Mm, I just love that. Um, so for people who are interested and curious about you and the work that you're doing in the world and what, you know, what you're doing online and all that kind of stuff, where can they find you? Sure. So live everything mindful, one word, live everything mindful together.com is the self-care center and, and has part of my story on there. Ideally, as we move into how the, the Live Everything Mindful Center functions is that everybody works to, um, brings their modality back to the tribe, so to speak, back to the village. Mm -hmm. And so one of my modalities that I bring back to the village and I use out in the, the LEM Center is photography. Mm -hmm. So kathycarlisle.com, liveeverythingmindful.com. I'm one community member in this Live Everything Mindful community that has a modality that will help people continue to go inside. And specifically around the photography, I help people stay in their bodies when they're being photographed, yeah. as you've experienced, where it's like, Absolutely. I want to capture how someone feels and give them permission to feel rather than shoot out of their body and depend on me to tell them what they look like. Yeah. So that's my modality that I run out of the center. We've got, you know, it, it's, it's kind of becomes a resource center. You know, when someone's looking to do any kind of holistic pelvic care or chiropractic, I, I know immediately it's Danielle, Danielle, you know, I have all the people on my wall. I'm like, you need her. You need this person. This is the person that's calling to you so mm -hmm. that that person can help unlock one aspect of the, the person that's seeking so hopefully my photography within the center or the center itself helps unlock someone to their possibilities. That's what I love about your work across the board, whether you're taking photos or you're running a circle or anything that you've done in my experience since I've known you has just, it's been such a, like a mirror almost. And you just create so much permission and play and fun. And it's just, I just think you've been a real blessing in my life and I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, for anyone who wants photos, I would highly, highly recommend working with Kathy. Pretty much any professional photo that you see of me online was taken by Kathy, and she's 
phenomenal and it makes you feel so comfortable and lets you play with different like parts of yourself. Um, and that's a pretty rare thing in my experience as well. So I just thank you for being you and for being so brave and for being so awesome. Thank you. Oh, it's an honor to know you. You were such a key component in that first step of unlocking the feminine. You know, you created the sacred physical space for all of us to unfold that day. You know, Maria came in and said, I'll hold permission for you all. Let's play. And you, you created that space, you know, and you continue to create that space within a woman. So I thank you for that. Yeah, it's been a great journey. Um, I will never like anytime I think about that workshop, I get this image in my mind of like eight women crossing Foster Road, like this really busy road in Portland. And we're just like the traffic will stop for us. And we're just like coasting like across the street and everyone did just stop for us. And we were like, this is amazing. I think that was one of the days I coined the, the term for myself of the irresistibility cloak. When I am in my feminine, anytime, I mean, I came from one of Maria's workshops. It wasn't that Foster, it could have been the Foster Street one where I went to a basketball game right after. And that's <laughs> suburbia. Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> rounded, rooted suburbia, Kathy, to move into flowy, ethereal, metaphysical, you know, version of myself. So I come from this workshop and I've got this flowy, flowy, outfit on and I felt like the whole gym stopped when I moved in. It was just like <laughs> power and strength. Like everyone, I am entering the building. And then I got midway because I was walking. Uh, one of the exercises at the time was to walk in a certain way for yourself from the inside out. Right. And it mm -hmm. was midway through walking to the seat that I had panicked <laughs> that I was walking in this way in the middle of a basketball game. <laughs> well, I, think I probably tightened up and scurried to my seat and sat down. <laughs> That's just such a good visual. <laughs> I know. I don't know what it really looked like, but I can only imagine. In my version, it's really dream of like, what am I doing? And just for <laughs> long. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for for sharing your wisdom with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a blast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can find show notes at vitalvagina.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with your friends. We'll be back next week with another episode.